Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting and cross-stitch, what I'm reading and watching, a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 101. Hello friends, it's good to be back. My plans for doing a podcast last weekend, which would have been after two weeks, were foiled by an unexpected trip home from the college boy, and um, so no regrets there. It was nice to have him home for a little unexpected trip. So this is episode 101, and I just wanted to thank you guys so much for your enthusiasm for episode 100, where I did a Fat Quarter Shop giveaway, and that that winner has already been um, notified and received the gift card. So um, that was very generous at the Fat Quarter Shop, and so I'd asked to enter the giveaway to... Um, tell me what your favorite segment of the podcast is. And man, that was so much fun to read. Um, a lot of people said they obviously, they come for the knitting or they come for the quilting, but um, actually really enjoy the TV show and book recommendations and, and things like that. And I, I, what I really came away with was that people really like the mixed content. And thank goodness, I if it was just a quilting podcast... <laughs> I wouldn't have as much to say. <laughs> Let's just say that. So thank you for everyone. Everybody left just the nicest, the nicest um, comments. And every single one of them really, really made my day. So here we are. We're, um, it's uh, April 23rd when I'm recording this. And it is a beautiful Southern California day. Once again, my husband and I went hiking this morning. And um, it was beautiful, just kind of mid-70s and or even low 70s while we were hiking. And Everything here in California is still very, very green. Um, I don't know how much longer that green's going to last because we have not had rain for a while. And it's supposed to be this really, this super bloom for wildflowers. And we just are not catching it in the places that we're hiking, but still absolutely um, gorgeous. Just enjoying, enjoying being outside again because I'm not used to being, you know, inside. We had such a rainy winter. <laughs> Um, what else is going on? Um, I am going to Sweden in June. I am so excited. I'm going to Stockholm. This is a work trip. Um, so I explained on, I, I think it was the last podcast. I don't know if I did a great job of explaining um, that I, I do marketing um, for a group of people that all send, sell the same very technical manufacturing software. No idea. I want to say I have no idea how I got into this, but I know exactly how I got into it. It was my little internship job in college, and I never left, um, except I took a 15-year uh, maternity break. <laughs> but anyways, the um, the meeting, the reseller meeting for this software is in Sweden this year, which is very unusual. And um, I it was in Vegas last year, and I bowed out of going at the last minute no regrets for a million reasons, one of which is that it turned out to be a COVID super spreader event. But um, Sweden, now I can get behind that. So I'm going to go, I'll be gone for like nine days in mid-June, and my husband is going to kind of come at the tail end of the meeting, and then we're going to spend um, three solid days exploring Stockholm, which is a city of 14 islands and 50 bridges it's an archipelago which i just 
No idea. No idea. My daughter, who went there for like a weekend when she was um, living in Oslo as a student, I was like, you never mentioned this. And she's like, oh, is it really? I mean, I knew there was a lot of water, but I never... <laughs> so it'll be very interesting. So I've, I've got a, a rough itinerary of the things that you need to see, including obviously the ABBA Museum. Um, and you know what I actually did is I did a, just light Googling um, and stumbled upon some uh, travel blogs, which is exactly how I planned our activities for our trip to Italy last year is, you know, travel blogs are amazing, but I would like to be a travel blogger. Wouldn't that be a good gig? Um, but you know what else I did? Once I had kind of an idea of some things, I t- <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're all familiar with chat GPT, right? The whole AI thing that's sweeping the world. Well, I typed into chat GPT, planned me a three-day um, vacation in Stockholm and darn it if it did not do it and says you know like start here go visit this have lunch in this area then in the afternoon do this have a cup of coffee here <laughs> it's like oddly specific so um yeah there's a there's a a, a non-terrifying use for uh <laughs> for artificial intelligence so anyway so that's coming up I'm, I've also got a work trip planned um for a week in May so um both of those together are going to give me some some stress in terms of um, getting all my normal work done while being out of pocket for those periods of time. So we'll see. Um, but just, yeah, super exciting. What we're going to do vacation-wise with the kids, no idea, no plans. So sorry, kids. We'll have to figure that one out later. All right, I feel like I've got a lot to talk about, so let's move on. But before we do, as usual, I would like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for their generosity in sponsoring this podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop shop for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and as we know, even cross-stitch supplies. Well, right now, the Fat Quarter Shop is having their spring cleaning sale. So you can get up to 50% off of tons of yardage and so much more. I actually went in um, to that section and scrolled through it. There's quilting patterns, cross-stitch patterns, notions of every type, and obviously lots and lots of fabric that is 50% off. So definitely go check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes um, or just Google it. (laughs) You know, definitely take advantage of this 50% off sale at Fat Quarter Shop. As usual, I totally forgot to talk about my tea, but my tea today is actually kombucha, which I count as tea because it's just fermented tea. So I just realized that well come June I will have been making kombucha for three years now it was something I started during the pandemic I've gone through periods of time where I've I've just let it sit and not do anything and then started you know just emptied out the the really tart kombucha (laughs) that's left in the bottom of the of the vessel and started over again Um, I've still you know know, I'm still working on that same scoby that I bought in June of 2020 and um, there's a few things that I do differently now one is um, I'm not as big into doing the whole second ferment on it so before when I would you know the kombucha gets to a certain point then you bottle it and then you can put like I've put like blueberries and raspberries or a little bit of fruit juice and by a little I mean like an ounce or so and then you um, let it sit in the closet for like three or four days and while that uh, those that yeast and bacteria then really eat up the rest that sugar you just ingested which gives it more carbonation Um, and I just 
the whole bottling process is not that fun. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but mostly what I do now, like right now, the, what I'm drinking is just like straight. So I have, I make it in a big vessel that has a spout, a spigot on it. And so as it's getting to be the right amount of, of tartness, I just start drinking on it for a few days. <laughs> and then when it gets to the right thing, then sometimes I just empty it all out into a big mason jar. Or when I was at, Ke- at Ikea, I got two, maybe one liter bottles with the stopper on top. Um, and I've noticed that I don't think they're really as tight as my true kombucha bottling stoppers but um, it's better than it just being like in a jar because the only problem with that it still tastes good to me um, it just loses its carbonation so so anyway so that's what I'm just drinking stuff that's a little bit lightly carbonated right now and um, when Ben comes home for the summer I think I'll, I'll start bottling it a little bit um, more with a little bit of juice because you know like a little blueberry uh, kombucha is so good it's just it's just more work <laughs> so um, so anyways that's my kombucha story all right now really on to the quilting so the most exciting thing that I have to talk to you about quilting related is I did an uh, un I want to say unintentional an unplanned complete sewing room declutter in the last couple weeks. This started with, um, you know, one of my big plans for the year is to um, redo our two kids' bedrooms. We have three children, but there's only two kids' bedrooms um, to to reflect our, our life now, which means the, you know, kid posters need to come down. They need to be painted. We need new furniture. Um, and so I'm, I'm getting really getting going on that uh, project finally. And part of that was taking um, in the boys' room. They we have these Billy bookcases that are like 42 inches tall or something, kind of a natural wood look. Where the ones in Chloe's room, where, where I'm recording this, are the tall ones, and they were white. And she took like the center one. In both cases, I did like a wider center bookcase and then two narrower ones on each side. I just like that look. And so when she moved out, she took the center. The boys didn't take any. So I thought I could take all three of the boys' bookcases and put them down in my sewing room, which is the dining room. I was going to put them behind, um, you know, when I'm sitting at the dining room table, I'm looking out in a feng shui, they would call it, in the command position. I'm looking out into the room towards the front door. And behind me is normally... Um, the ironing board so I can just get up and turn around and iron. Well, I've been wanting to experiment, this will all come together in a second, I promise, with this um, thing I've seen with Lori Holt's setup, which is to have the sewing, the the um, ironing board on the right and kind of low. So you can just kind of pivot over there and iron a block and then go back to sewing. Now, um, Francis used to always say that sitting is knitting and quilting is moving because you have to get up to iron. So I've just turned quilting into sitting too. (laughs) But um, so, so that's what I did. And I put two of the bookcases. So it's a little wonky that there's a wide one and then there's a a shorter, a narrower one next to it. Um, But that's all I could fit without interfering with the ironing board that's right there. So I, I just thought, oh my gosh, that's going to give me so much space. Because um, I just took out this real random piece of furniture that I had a bunch of stuff on. It was too deep. So I, I just thought it was going to create so much space. And man, it filled up so fast. 
<laughs> it built up so fast. So um, as I was, I was trying to like figure out, well, how do I want to use this? I want to use it. You will see it when you walk in. So I kind of, I wanted it to have some cute things on it. And I'll take a picture. You know, my sewing space is, is nothing spectacular. It's very functional and it's, I want to say it feels temporary. You know, it's like only been this way roughly for 10 years. But um, someday I hope to move directly above this, the dining room, into this loft, which is now, it's our music loft. So it's got drum a drum kit in there and a whole lot of guitars and things like that. And someday that will go away, I assume. So, and, and then I'm going to move up there. But for now, this is what I have. So I, I, I was a little overwhelmed. Like, what do I do? Um, I, I have sewing stuff in that area, in the dining room. And then I have um, just random stuff crammed under the closet in this closet that's under our stairs that is so hard. It's so disorganized in there that it's just hard to get things in and out. So and I had lost touch with what was in there. So there's that. And then I have a another area in the family room where we have a built-in, some cabinets there. And I have um, some, some stuff in there too. So I was like... I kind of need, I felt like I just needed to grab everything and just dump it all on the table and figure it out. But I'm glad I didn't because what I did do is inspired by my friend Vicki over at My Creative Corner 3 back in January, she did the Karen Brown 2023 Sewing Room Declutter Challenge. Now Karen Brown is from Just Get It Done Quilts, which is a fabulous YouTube channel. She's amazing. Um... And, oh, just also an aside here, if you watch her What Did I Buy at QuiltCon episode, she bought that same little shaker sewing caddy that I did, except for she was smart enough to buy it early and get the ones that had the magnets built into the, the handle, which I'm still regretting that I was so indecisive there. Anyways, we're back to sewing room declutter. So Karen has this 21-day challenge. Oh, I was going to bring it up on the... I'm going to wing it. And each day she has you just like do like kind of one category where I was just going to, I felt like just going Marie Kondo style, right? just dump it all out. Well, I, you kind of do that, but you just do it one category at a time. So the first day, first of all, I'm not following directions here. It did not take me 21 days. Um, you're supposed to work like no more than 30 minutes a day. And I don't know, last weekend I worked for like three hours, but I just kind of, you know, I get into the zone. That's just the way I am. So like the first day was easy and, and some of these categories were not hard for me. So that's why I just kept going. Um, you just get the garbage out. You just, you know, she's doing this um, right at the beginning of the year where we're just coming off the holidays where a lot of times people's sewing rooms, you know, you got a gift wrapping stuff in there or maybe it was a guest room or whatever so you just go through you get rid of the trash that part wasn't a problem for me but the brilliant part of what she does is on that first day in addition to get your um get rid of any trash in there is to go get your sewing machine if it's not already in there and get it set up and find a project that you want to work on during this challenge and like you know get yourself get get a sewing space set up because your reward for doing your day's work is to sew. And I, I thought that was really smart because it is in these declutters, sometimes you can make such a huge mess that you can't even use that space. But she's very adamant to not do that. And whatever day two was, the second part about that of that day was to clean and oil your sewing machine, which I thought, again, was really smart. Okay, I seem to have developed the hiccups right in the middle of... <laughs> 
this podcast, so this is going to be interesting. Um, but she also tells you to get a like a spiral notebook or some kind of notebook and just like jot down anything like, you know, your monkey brain comes up with, uh, you know, like that might derail you. Because as you're going through these things, um, projects, you know, that you had forgotten about resurface or you're like, oh, I... I have this fabric, you know, I've got this great idea now. So you just do not stop what you're doing. Just just write those things down so that you can come back to that later. And I thought that, again, was um, was pretty smart. I actually then had a second page of all the feelings I was going through that I wanted to share with you guys. The first one was that I did feel overwhelmed by going, okay, I'm going to um, go through every piece of fabric, every notion, you know, everything that I have here, I'm going to go through. And I do not have bike, I have plenty but I, by comparison, I know I don't have as much as a lot of people do. And so I just kept thinking, I'm so glad that I do not have, you know, all those sewing rooms that you admire on YouTube or on Pinterest or whatever. I just realized if that stuff, if, if I really own that much stuff, I really would be overwhelmed. So without checking, you know, some of the categories were, you know, one day you just went through all your scissors and rotary cutters, anything that cuts, you just get them all together. You, you know, I took the opportunity that day to change the blade on my rotary color cutter because I knew that it was skipping. And so I, I did that. And then just to make sure that you have the appropriate scissors where you need them are your you know, rotary cutters near your uh, cutting mat? Do you have, if you hand sew, do you have scissors in there? Do you have it in a little zipper pouch or whatever? Just making sure that you have what you need and you know what you have and where it is. And that was a big problem for me. It's just like, especially with the hand sewing stuff, which I haven't done a lot of hand piecing for a while, but um, I had, you know, certain projects, I would have things with those projects, but I also have a hand sewing pouch and, and and it's just easy to figure out like, where, where do I keep the needles and where's that favorite pair of snips? So it was good to round everything up and identify it. And that was really the number one thing through this whole challenge is to be reminded of what you have. And I, I think of Diane in Denmark, my favorite fly lady guru and that is part of why she wants you know that's part of the zone cleaning when you're going through your kitchen once a month and and you know wiping out drawers and things like that you are reminded of what you have and and if you remember that you have something you are more likely to use it um so same thing with um thread and of course as i was going through things i'm i'm creating donations so i've got a couple local quilt guilds around here and this is i you know this isn't the first time i've done this obviously i did a huge declutter during covid um but you know i just so i just kept putting aside things that would be very useful especially if they do a lot of charity quilting i have like a ton of green thread i'm never going to use all this green thread let me pass it on so um when it came to Okay, the other the brilliant thing about this also is she doesn't get to fabric till like day 20 <laughs> of a 21-day um, challenge. She has you go through books and patterns and, and things like that and, and really figure out how much space you have and you can go, okay, this is the space I have for books. Do I have too many books? And I kind of realized like the, the bookshelves that were behind me that I had moved in from the boys' room... Um, I was going to keep my crafting books in a different place. And again, those were spread out in a few different places. So now they're just in the book, not behind me, not in that room, because I want things that will be handy for me to grab while I'm sewing there. It's not, a you know, the, 
the rest of the bookshelf is just across the room in our normal bookshelf. So that was good to kind of realize, okay, I don't want to waste any of any space here except for stuff that I am, you know, actively, you know, want to grab. Um, and that came in uh, to play later when I realized how much like interfacing and fusible web and that kind of stuff I have. And I had that on a, in a, basket in there I'm just like I don't use that very often so ultimately I put that in a I was going to try to get everything into this one room it didn't happen and that was one thing I decided as long as it's all together and I know where it is then it can be more out of sight um, and as you go through even pins and stuff like notions one day and that was a that was one on my marathon day I because I just have all these little baskets I'd have no drawers in my sewing area and that I realize is kind of a mistake or it's not a mistake I mean it is what it is I'm sewing at a dining room table um, but um, so I have baskets full of things and that those had gotten really out of control and I didn't know where anything was so I that was I just was inspired to dump all that out figure out notions so that's another day of hers um, pre-cuts or another one and um, I don't have a lot of those and what was nice is is when I did find those kind of things I had kind of, I have a little decorative glass jar that I have all my mini charm packs in um, first I put those mini charm packs in my new scrap system of which I have one and a half and three or three and a half the three, that one is a little fuzzy for me one and a half strips or squares and three or three and a half and then two and a half and five um so that's you know charm packs and mini charm packs and jelly rolls and one and a half is a honey bun which i actually had some leftovers of a honey bun so when i found those things or a uh what's it called a layer cake that i had cut in half that goes in the five thing so i just was able to take a lot of these random little bits of fabric and file them into my new scrap system which was nice and i do have a big pretty basket full of fabric that I need to trim into those sizes that I when I went through finally went through my fabric I just pulled out all those little random things and said you know that are very small less than half a fat quarter and and threw them in a pile to kind of process during some sort of mindless tv show watching someday um but I went and got my fabric from all the different places and um I broke up bundles I had some bundles and they were tucked away and I was and I've had them for five plus years and I'm just obvious because I wanted to keep them together it's so tempting to want to keep bundles together and um I finally just broke them up and filed them by color because I'm just like you're not using them like this um let's just be honest I didn't have a lot of them and a lot of them were sort of gifts from fabric companies for doing different things and um so that felt good I felt like okay and then if, if they weren't my style then you know I, I was passing them on so on my day of fabric what was on day it was a week of going through fabric and I did it by first of all I just got all the fabric together and um then just started going by color and I did I had no idea that I had so much in the low volume and or things printed on white <laughs> not necessarily low volume I might you know but it, it's it's its own little category so I have a lot of that what I don't have enough of are I'm out of any big purchases of you know like uh, Moda 97 or 98 or Kona Snow that kind of the, that real solid background whites I need to order some of those that was pretty obvious and um, 
And just every day, I just went through another color. And I kind of panicked and I thought, I have too much fabric. I don't have enough baskets for this. Because um, I just, I didn't buy anything to store it. Um, I just, I, I don't believe in throwing away baskets. <laughs> so I have like little sets of two matching baskets. And then I would just kind of file them in there like Marie Kondo style. Um, and got rid of a lot of stuff that, I mean, the more panicked, the more I started getting, being able to release things. So, um, so I've got a friend that I'm going to, I've shown her a lot of it. I'm going to squeeze as much as I can into a, a, a flat rate, large, you know, um, box from the post office and, and send some of that off to her. And, and it felt good to get rid of some things. Now, here are some interesting things that I got rid of. So for years, years, if you've been around, I've been talking about these adorable Santa panels that I have, and then I was going to cut them up and turn them into that um, pattern by Orange Dot Quilts called Only One. I pulled them out, and they're really cute. They are not my style anymore. I bought them over 10 years ago. And even though, I mean, it was a little hard. It was a little hard. And I offered them the front to my friend. And as soon as I offered them, I was like, oh, should I have done that? But you know what? I'm never going to do anything with them. And so that whole, you'll never hear me talk about that Christmas quilt that's on my list of things to do because you know what? I have let that go. <laughs> it's gone. I also had these Christmas fabrics that were very bright, like a very bright red and a very kind of, not neon green, but that real, um, more like a lemony yellow spring green kind of thing. I'm like, How, those are not my Christmas, those are not my Christmas colors. Um, and I used to have all my Christmas fabrics in one little section um and i just filed them in i just filed them in by color and maybe i'll live to regret that but i wasn't going to my christmas stash to make things anymore so um it, it was it really wasn't doing me any good so so yeah so that um was all very cathartic the other thing that i came across that was hard to deal with um is I have a, I had a little basket of things in baggies that are the end of a project, uh, leftovers from a project. So years ago from um, poppy cotton fabrics, I made this very cute, it's on the table right now, um, a flying geese table runner. And for the longest time, I didn't know what I was going to do they, when they asked me to sew with that. And I made a ton of half square triangles that I ultimately didn't do anything with. I've got this whole bag of half square triangles of this absolutely adorable fabric. So I just feel like, and I actually have a very similar situation with some Bonnie and Camille fabric where I have like a gazillion half square triangles. And I just feel like I should do something with that. And I always think that, oh, someday when you, you know, you're not really sure what you want to sew, just pull those out and put them up on the design wall. And, you know, there's obviously so many types of quilts you can do with half square triangles. And so um, I'd forgotten about them, which is why it's good to go through things. And um, now they're back on my radar. There's a few other things of that ilk in that basket that I realized no, I'm really never going to do anything with this. So I was able to get through with them. And I've decided that I think that doing this um, sewing room declutter thing once a year is, is a really good idea. And I think it will go really quickly as, as we go on. And if I haven't done anything with those um, half square triangles, then it's going to be time to get rid of them. So I'm just going to give myself, I've had them for years, definitely going to, um, you know, give myself a year and then move on. What else happened here? Um, oh, okay. So I got my sewing machine set up 
And I'm like, okay, this is really cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm making my last couple blocks for my granny square quilt. That's what I was going to work on. I'm going to finish this up. And then um, back in December, I think I talked about how I was sewing and my sewing machine just kind of stopped working. It was this whole intermittent problem. I put it away for the holidays. And when I brought it back out, it magically started working again. Well, it started having that problem again. So I immediately took it off to the, the sewing machine store. And of course, when they sewed with it, it was not having that problem, but we did give it the full service and now it sews like butter, let me tell you. So I have a Juki, um, the 2200 QVP, which is just like the, uh, very much like the, what's it called? The 2010 and the 20, the 2000 that everybody loves, kind of a cult favorite. Love, 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 love this machine. Um, and for some reason, I was Googling things and I came across a video that I will put in the show notes that was like um, like 10 things you should really know about your Juki. And it turns out I was slightly threading it wrong <laughs> that I didn't know about. And it just it's like a, a shop that sells Jukis, uh, Juki Junkies is I think maybe the name of the YouTube channel. And I just learned so much. So that actually was really fun. So I feel like not only is my sewing space organized, my sewing machine's in good working order. And um, yeah, so that's been, yeah, I, I, I just highly, highly um, recommend, you know, that little process, even if it do, you don't do it in 21 days or whatever, the, the method was really good. Wow, I did not mean to talk about that for that long. <laughs> So thank you for indulging me. Just a couple other quilty things I want to say is I went to the Ventura Modern Quilt Guild meeting, which I've been meaning to go to for so long. And I thought part of my issue, other than the fact that it's at a weird time and it's a little bit hard to get to from where I live, I just thought I might be really intimidated. Um, turns out that everybody's very nice. And as is maybe the case at a lot of modern quilt guilds, I everybody's not super modern it's it's a lot of a mix of traditional and it's a lot of in show and tell I felt it was a lot of traditional quilts done in more modern fabrics or in solids and things like that so the intimidation factor went down um for me for sure and so I'm gonna um I'm gonna try it for a few months and uh and maybe give it a go for a year and see if it's um a good way for me to to connect with some people in real life um in, in terms of quilting so that was really fun and the other thing that I want to talk about is um, I want to give away some quilt patterns. So Fat Quarter Shop, they um, send me a few things and um, I'm ready. Part of my sewing room purge was like getting real about how many things <laughs> I am really going to make. So I'm ready to let some things go. So I'm going to give away um, three different things. And in the show notes of this podcast, um, go ahead and tell me, um, I'm just going to, I guess I'll name them one, two, and three and tell me which one you are interested in. And if you were interested in all of them, that's fine too. And this might be a nightmare. I know YouTube has some way of doing this automatically, but I probably don't. I'll figure it out. Um, so the first thing I want to give away is the Simply Half Yards quilt book by It's So Emma. It's a great book. It really is. And it uses half yards. So, um, so the blocks are big. I reviewed it on a previous podcast and I really thought I was going to make some of these. And I'm just, you know, there's just so many quilts, so little time. I'm going to bless somebody else with this. So simply half yard quilts is, is item number one. And again, when I get to the show notes, this will be laid out for you. 
The second one is the Home Again Vintage Two-Color Quilt by um, Lori Holt, also put out by It's So Emma. I talked about this one too, and there was just, actually, I think it's still going on. They did like a one-month sew-along um, for this quilt, and if you saw people's quilts and you're like, oh man, I really would have liked to make that, then here's your chance. It's a it's a whole vintage two-color quilt, and it's it, the block is very cute, and they, she gives one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different um, like color options that you know to inspire you. So that's number two. Number three is actually three quilt patterns by It's So Emma. It's just a little pack because they're small. Um, and I will put them on the show notes. One's called Freesia. Basically, they are all um, block-based block quilts, um, often with a, um, a single block and then um, a secondary block that's, you know, like a, that makes it chain or something like that. The first one is called Freesia, which um, is a, a star kind of block and, and ha creates this cool secondary pattern in it. The other one is called Autumn Skies and um, it's also an alternating block quilt that's super cute. And the third one is Amaryllis, which they have done kind of in Christmas colors here. And um, yeah, it's two alternating large blocks. And are they all, they're designed by different people here. So that will be a three pack. So that is number three. So um, again, it'll, all the information will be in the show notes and I'll leave it up for a week and then I'll contact you and ship these out. Let's move on to cross stitch, which I don't have a lot to report. <laughs> As I've been saying for like, I don't know how many episodes, I am almost done with flea market flowers, but I really am on the very final square of flea market flowers, which is quite a large pattern. So that will be done soon. Um, I made really good progress on it last night. And then I'm excited to move on to um, the, the teacup patterns and teacups and books and, and the, the tea time uh, stitch along th uh, through cross stitch the rainbow. And I'm excited to do some stitching with silk floss there. So that, so not a ton going on there, but the Fat Quarter Shop did send me um, a number of patterns and I want to talk about those. And next podcast will be all about giving away cross stitch patterns. So here's something that I'm not going to be giving away because I am incredibly selfish. And they are the next two of the Lori Holt stitch cards. And I love these. These are 36 by, oh, actually, that's interesting. Um, set O is 36 by 36. Set P is 34 by 34. I thought they were all the same, but apparently not. Okay. Um, I'll go in alphabetical order. Set O. So if you've never seen these before, it's a little set of four patterns that are kind of in a little, each pattern is sort of postcard size. And set O, I now know from being around floss tube for a while, is inspired by vintage samplers. So there's um, one of the the designs is like an urn with flowers. You see that a lot in samplers. Another one um, has ABC and one, two, three. That's samplers are obviously like that. There's another one that's a house. Um, and another one, that, what is that? That is maybe um, one of those weather vane things. Um, but it's so that it's 
it's very vintage looking very what's the word prim you know um, so those are super cute and I am looking forward to doing more of these smalls like this um, when I finish my bigger project but now we're moving on to set P which is completely um, sewing inspired there's a sewing machine is one of the designs um, a small like a four block quilt of what is that a sawtooth star one of them has scissors and buttons and a thimble and one of them has um, thread little thread spools super cute so I am very excited about those cross stitch patterns now, if you've been around the Fat Quarter Shop floss tube, you know that they're doing this whole chicken club thing. I'm personally not into chickens, and I think I have three of the chickens at this point. So next episode, I will give away a three-pack of the chickens. How big are these? Where's the stitch count? Like 57 by 80 stitches. So they're a little bit bigger. They're cute if you're into stitches, <laughs> into chickens. The other um, thing that I have are the stackables, which is a long, skinny, seasonal stitch. They have one for every month. Um, March has a, a flower, and it's very springy, and a birdhouse, and a watering can, and a butterfly. And um, so I have January, February, and March. And um, these they're very cute but they're not really my style so I will definitely be giving those away along with some other things as well so those are some super cute um, new cross stitch patterns that are coming out from the fat quarter shop all right let's move on to books last episode I was saying that I was having a hard time settling into a book and I'm, I'm still struggling which is a little unusual for me um, but I did start two books by trusted authors and I'm not that far into either of them but I'm going to go ahead and um, recommend them anyways. One is Cafe by the Sea by Jenny Colgan. Now she's written a number of books and I've, I've definitely read a few. I'm trying to think what they are. One was at a, about a bookstore. That's all I can remember. But my friend Patty over at Elm Street um, Quilts, she is, she recommended that she's, um, and it's a whole series. And um, so I definitely started it. It's about a, um, as far as I really am, it's about a girl that has moved to London and she works in a law office and because she sort of escaped this little Scottish island, you know, that she just wanted to get off the island where everybody farms and she's being sent back to that island for her job and um, I don't know, I'm kind of guessing she's going to open a cafe by the sea, but I haven't actually gotten that far. <laughs> but I am enjoying that. I just renewed it on my, uh, for my kindle app and or my libby and i'm going to get back on that and then the other one is called ada time and it's that stitched in crime series um it's book number 10 and um it's uh you know it's sort of you know vaguely cross stitch adjacent only that the main character cross stitches i've talked about this a million times because obviously i am on book 10 but um she her name's paisley and she is a salvage expert and so every time she goes to tear down a building a body appears and she gets really into figuring out how it got there so i just started that one but they're always fun i'm not really worried that i won't enjoy it so two really kind of um easy breezy reads so if i'm not reading a lot i'm probably watching too much television and that is the situation right now um I have quite a few things to talk about here. So the stuff I'm watching with my husband, we just finished Picard the other day, season three, series finale. So good. If you were at all a Next Generation fan, I, mean, I, I think I will 
not be a spoiler to say that they get the next generation crew back together for season three. They've all got gray hair and wrinkles and it is so fun. They still have the chemistry. They're still all themselves, you know, so um, it was an absolutely fabulous story. Um, I just feel like they couldn't have done it any better. And I felt like it gave those actors and those characters a, a little bit of closure. And so um, so that was was really fun. Can just not highly recommend that enough. And then I, I might have mentioned this last um, month, but we're also watching The Good Fight, um, which is on. So both of these are on Paramount Plus, which is our streaming service du jour. Um, except it's not du jour, it's de, de whatever month is <laughs> in French. Um, and that is, um, it's a, it's a spinoff from The Good Wife. So it's a legal drama. It's got Christine Baranski. Um, she goes to work for this, um, basically almost besides her, this all black um, law firm in Chicago. And it's quite good. Um, and so we're, we're in its like six seasons. We've got forever to, to watch this, but that's, it's just a fun ride. The stories are good. Um, so that, that's been fun. That's our, our go-to once Picard was done. That's our go-to show. Um, now for me, when I, you know, start cross-stitching and then sometimes just set it down on my lap and watch TV, um, I finished Sanditon and I talked about that last time. I know it's on PBS. Um, it is also, is it season three? I can't remember what season it is, but it's the series finale to that. And I finished it and it was very good. Um, I know I've talked about it before, but Sanditon was an unfinished Jane Austen novel that they found. And so um, I don't think there was too much to it, but um, the series really takes that as a jumping off point about a young girl who through um, helping out some, some, this man and his wife gets an invitation to go to Sanditon, which is a resort seaside community that this man is trying to build up and promote. And she just meets, she's a little farmer's daughter. She meets all kinds of people with money and standing and um, has many, many love affairs and adventures. And it, uh, it was a roller coaster ride this last season, but I felt that it was, um, it was definitely worth it. So I really enjoyed that while I was hanging out over on the PBS app on my iPad. I also finally finished All Creatures Great and Small. I started it when it first came out and then completely forgot about it for some reason. I kind of forgot about PBS for a while. And, um, you know, that, of course, is just the most charming show ever. I remember talking about it when it came out during COVID. And it was just, I felt like it was the show we all needed <laughs> to just feel good about um, life and, and the world. So if you've not... Um, checked out all creatures great and small then definitely um, go check that one out so then I, I pop back over to my beloved acorn um, tv and i'm just kind of trying to find uh who's got new <laughs> who's got new episodes broken wood um mysteries is back um that's a detective show cozy mystery uh set in in new zealand absolutely love it so th but they're just dropping episodes like one a week you know, like we're in 1980 or something. Just give them to me all at once. Thank you very much. And then there's a show that I've seen around and I tried it once before and I gave up on it and I'm back on it and I'm about to give up on it again. It's called Happy Valley and it is not happy. There is no happy, nothing happy, 
happening in Happy Valley. Just people are getting murdered and committing suicide, you know. So it's a cop show, not really detective so much. It's just straight up cop. The main character is this woman that she was so familiar to me until I, then I realized who she was. So if you ever watched The Paradise, um, which I'm not sure if that was on PBS or just, I don't know what that was on, but it's a wonderful period drama about um, a, uh, a department store, a little bit like Selfridges type of deal, except for I liked The Paradise as a show better. And if you remember, if you did, now I'm just talking to people who watch The Paradise, the, our main character, she goes to work in the women's department and there's a really mean woman who runs the women's department um, with an iron fist. And so it's that actress that plays this gritty cop. <laughs> in Happy Valley. So that took a little getting used to. The other thing that is so hard for me is the main bad guy in this first season is James Norton. The is there there's an American James Norton, right? The British James Norton and we know him from the show Grantchester where he plays the hunky priest who likes to solve mysteries. And so he, as his name is Sydney, I can't remember what his last name is in that show, but as Sydney in Cranchester, he is wonderful. I mean, he's, he's actually, he's a little, you know, tormented, but in Happy Valley, he is the scum of the earth and I'm having a hard time with that personally. So, so, um, so that's what I've been watching. So that, that's the, that's what keeps me company while I'm sewing and cross-stitching these days. Okay, as so we head into our final segment here, which I'm just, it's just gonna be a mishmash of like random things that are going on around here. One of them is that um, I'm feeling basically overwhelmed by projects over here or the thought of the projects that I should be doing. So um, Francis, uh, Dal and I, we actually wrote about this. We have this blog called The Empty Nest Chronicles. We occasionally do a podcast. We thought we were gonna do it monthly. That hasn't really worked out. But um, we wrote a, our last blog post was called Creating Space, um, which could have for me been called Creating Spaces. And, you know, the, the first space uh, that, that I've worked on obviously was the sewing room, but I didn't really mean to do that. What I meant to do was do the boys room. And um, that has just taken so much work and it's it's been emotional. Um, so at first we took those, those um most of those bookcases down, left one in there. And then we took apart the bunk beds and I gave away the bunk beds on Facebook Marketplace. That, those went pretty quickly. Um, then I had these two mattresses to deal with. One was a kind of a new mattress. It was very nice um, that we got, you know, Ben as he was, you know, um, a high schooler. <laughs> still in a bunk bed um but you know they're in bunk beds in college too sometimes so anyways we had a nice mattress and you know i know not everyone's like thrilled to be picking up a mattress on, on facebook but um somebody did and, and they actually um texted me back and just said oh my god this mattress is amazing got it for his daughter um who was little you know so that was that was happy so now we're left with like an old mattress that i finally just called the um i, I tried so hard to find some charity that would pick it up nobody wants it so um the the trash company will come a couple times a year to take bulky items and um so that's going to go next week so that was was nice and so the yesterday i just got in there and it's just you know i've kind of learned as kids are flying the coop here <laughs> that it, it takes 
several cycles to really get them moved out. I mean, I know for some people, like their their childhood bedrooms just kind of stay the same for a long, long time, but we're obviously going a different way there. But um, so I just started going through like the, the there's posters on the wall and there's their yearbooks and we've gone through the books several times, but I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going to put all of this stuff. And so I spent probably three hours yesterday FaceTiming all three kids at different points because um, even with Chloe, I was going through her closet and, and she's been the one that we've really probably done four passes through her stuff trying to figure out, you know, because when they first move out, like it's not, is it going to stick? I don't know. I don't want to bring all my books with me to this little apartment. So, you know, it's just taken time to figure out, yes, I want that. No, I'm ready to let that go. And we finally, via FaceTime, Chloe and I tackled one section of her closet that we have just have never been able to finally get through. And it was like weird things like Halloween costumes and special occasion dresses and, and things like that that take time to to you know be able to let go so um so that's been that's been an interesting process I'm, i'll be so glad when <laughs> these when we have moved on you know past this but so now we're to the point in the just the boys room that because um that there's somebody come we're having the carpets clean next week and i wanted that room it's a hundred like the whole room is just empty right now for the carpet cleaner and um and then we're gonna start setting up the new queen bed in there i've gotten quotes on having both of these rooms painted oh my gosh it's been a very long time since we've i i don't like to paint i want to hire a painter even though i know you can paint yourself but we just don't do a very good job but it is so expensive to get a room painted i i am out of touch it is at least twice as expensive as I remember it being, or I even, I wasn't in my mind, I was adjusting for inflation, but no, it's insane. Um, but that's going to be happening soon. Um, I think we'll, yeah, the carpets are clean this week. We'll get that bed set up next weekend. Um, and yeah, we're, we're kind of on our way. I'm not even going to worry about how I'm going to decorate them until we just have, they are cleaned and painted and furniture in them. So, so those are moving on. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to say I'm making some progress there. One of the projects that I was going to absolutely let go this year and not worry about is the backyard. So, so we're in California. We've gone through the whole drought. We had real water restrictions last year. We let the grass completely die, stopped watering it, and just kept our planters alive. And now with the rains, it's all back and it's green and weedy and everything's weedy. <laughs> There's weeds coming out everywhere. And um, it's driving my husband crazy. So we are looking into... So what we need to do is we need to rip the grass out and we need to do something different. Um, and what that is, I don't know, but I did start talking to a landscape designer that um, works with the state because if you do it in a certain way, you can get a rebate from the state to help pay for it, which would be nice. And, um, but I need someone to help me reimagine the space with a smaller, I mean, we're kind of typical at Southern California anyways. We have a patio and grass and it's all on, you know, all three sides are, are big planters and one part's the garden and just, you know, I kind of had it designed as a um, kind of a cottage garden, which is just not sustainable here. So I think the, the plants that have made it this far 
are established enough that we can go ahead and keep them, but we need a design to bring in some more low or drought tolerant plants, low water plants, and reduce the area of grass we have and tr replace that grass with something um, that's more, that's not, it's not grass, that's micro clover. This designer sent me some other types of things that look green and the dogs can run on and things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, what we're kind of realizing is the, the work in our yard is keeping these planters weeded. And we just kind of realized, well, if we reduce the size of the grass, then we just have more planters. So is the whole thing going to be so much more work? <laughs> I don't know. So we're thinking about, oh, well, maybe, you know, you can, I, I've seen these designs. The designer told me, go get on Pinterest and start looking up stuff and figure out what you like and what you don't. And what I really kind of am inspired by are the kinds of arrangements that have kind of like a little path and it goes to maybe a little seating area and all that stuff when you do a path like that in a little seating area that's like all stuff you don't have to weed right it kind of takes up space <laughs> and that's I think what I want I think I want little maybe little zones in the yard I'm talking like, like our yard is not big but um I just don't know how to accomplish that. It's like, I'll know it when I see it. So I'm crossing my fingers that getting a little help on the design part of this will not break the bank. Um, and so that's my other big project um, that uh, that I'm working on. So we'll see how those go. So both of those feel like a lot right now, <laughs> but there's no time limit on either of these. So I just need to take it step by step. So that's kind of what I've been working on. And the last thing I want to say is just so super random is, um, I've been um, trying to discover some new recipes and things, um, you know, for our meal plan because I, I really have gotten into such such a rut. And I discovered something that I knew existed, and I've kind of done them before, but I feel very very behind the curve on this, and that is sheet pan dinners. So the one sheet pan dinner I've done is called Change Your Life Chicken from the Lazy Genius. And the last time I made it, it was kind of like oh, okay, um, but I decided to make it again and as she would say, it's not, it's going to change your life because it's so delicious. It changes your life because it's so easy. And that's true, even though it was, it was very delicious. Um, and so I thought, oh, you know, I need to start looking into this. I know there are people that love sheet pan dinners. So I did another one that had all kinds of vegetables and then some cut up chicken sausage in it. And then had this um, sauce from Trader Joe's called chili onion crunch drizzled over it and oh my it was so good so I've been um thinking that okay I need to kind of do a deep dive on some sheet pan dinners and maybe try to do one a week now that we're going into the spring and summer and I don't like to have the oven on that much but so this would be a better fall winter thing but anyways I don't care I'm gonna still do it so if you guys have any great sheet pan dinner recipes please drop them in the comments I would love that um, because I feel like I am just discovering it, it's insane how, how easy they are and how little cleanup there is. And that is very appealing to me right now. So I guess that about wraps it up. I haven't had any um, reviews on Apple Podcasts in ages. So I am appealing to you. So if you wouldn't mind, um, and if you enjoy the podcast, please pop over and rate and leave a review for it. That really helps other people to find it. And and um, and plus, I'd find them really fun to read <laughs> if they're nice. <laughs> All right. 
As usual, everything I talk about here will be on um, the show notes, and you, so you can find them at the Simple Handmade Everyday um, blog, kristenesser.com, and I'm over at Instagram as Kristen Esser, and please consider joining the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group so we can keep the conversation going. People have been sharing um, their makes over there, and it's so inspiring, and I encourage everyone to just jump in and share what you're, you're sewing, cross-stitching, reading, you know, um, watching. I, I'm here for it all. Have a great week.